You're listening to a podcast from Camden Nazarene. Camden Nazarene is a Christ-centered and community-focused church located in Camden, South Carolina. We gather for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m., and you're invited to be our guest this Sunday. Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? So I'm excited, as you can see from uh, the, the splash screen that you just saw, the bumper video. We're starting a new series this morning, and I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, you probably thought maybe you're coming in watching Saturday morning cartoons or something like that. Um, but uh, looking, at a, uh, looking at a brand new series that we're calling it Emotions. Emotions. Um, who, has, who has emotions? Um, some of you have them more than others, but it's all something that we deal with as, as humans. It's, it's something that even, even if you feel like or you classify yourselves as, well, I'm just not very emotional. Uh, on some level, you have emotions. In fact, the fact that you're not emotional, it comes with that, its own set of challenges and, and unique opportunities, uh, just as those who are over-emotional. And I'm sure that you guys understand and you know someone in those categories, right? We know someone, we all know someone in, in, those, in those categories. And so as we, in fact, before we dive into, uh, into the, the message content for today, I want to remind you, uh, Pastor Amanda, thank you so much for, um, for praying over our students. Um, when you leave today, uh, there, are, there are cards, uh, prayer cards like we do every year that have um, elementary, middle, uh, and college students on them. And we would love for you to, to pick one up. Uh, on on your way out, and uh, so there'll be as you have the opportunity to uh, drop your offering at the back as you exit. Uh, there'll be someone there uh, with a with a card that they'll just they'll just just just, just hand you a card. And, and this is something we've been doing for a, a few years now. And I love when I when I go visit when I go visit in homes, I always see the prayer card up on on a refrigerator. Uh, it's just really really neat. Uh, in fact, there's been a few times uh, so, some of our newer families, like they'll come to our house and they'll say, why do you have a picture uh, of my kid on your refrigerator? And I'll say, oh, well, that's when we did the prayer cards. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, so it's, it's really neat to, to see that. And uh, you probably, those of you who, <clears throat> uh, who've done this before, uh, I, I'm sure that you've found a, a special connection with that student that you've that you've picked up their card. You maybe you talk to them a little bit more than uh, than usual, or just because that you're you're in prayer for them, you see them uh, every every day. And we've been doing that the last few years. And think about it: last year, you know, we 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 we've been doing this prayer emphasis. And and last year, we even we we went around and we prayed for schools uh, physically, went to the physical schools and. Man, last year we had no idea, did we? Last year we had no idea what we were doing when we were praying for our students last year. We had no earthly idea what they were going to encounter. And I just think that's just an awesome thing, you know, that we went into this, our students went into this, this pandemic being bathed in prayer. That, that's, just a, that's just awesome. Think of... Think if we hadn't gone into it being bathed, being, being bathed in prayer. So we are definitely a church that, that believes in prayer. So as you leave today, uh, there'll be someone back there uh, 
uh, they'll, <clears throat> the folks back there will, will help us f- facilitate that as far as uh, getting, getting you a card. But we're looking at emotions. We understand, we believe as, as Christians, we believe that, that God was, he was fully man and fully God. We believe that he was 100% man, 100% God. So because that, we know that Jesus experienced human emotions as well. For the next few weeks, as we understand how God may want to, we're going to understand how God may want to work through our emotions, we're going to take a look at the different situations in which, in which elicited or which prompted emotions from Jesus. You, you, you know, it's hard, it's hard to read someone's emotions sometimes, isn't it? This is especially true over text message. Even before text messages were a thing, it was sometimes hard to understand the emotion that you found in emails. Uh, and it's just, it's just hard to read emotions. Sometimes I'll just call someone and say, hey, listen, we just got to talk because apparently you and I are not jiving via text because you're reading what I'm saying a whole different way or I'm, I'm reading this a whole different way. Uh, in fact, I'll say this, if you do this, I'm not mad at you. It's all good. Don't, don't change but for me personally, um, I can't, well, I find it bothersome when someone responds with just the letter K. Is that, is that just me? Just K. Like I wrote you a four-sentence text. And you said K. Like one letter. Really? You can't even give O-K-A-Y. Or you can't even give O and K. It's just and it's really not so much these days, but I used to work, when I was on staff with, at another church, I was on staff with another minister, and she loved K. Oh, she just loved K. I was like, hey, hey, we're, gonna, we're doing this Sunday, and then you do this, and all that. She goes, K. I'm like, K? Like, is there any feedback on this? Do we want to talk about this? You know, I need some response. You know, I'm a feedback type of person. I'm a very emotional person. I, I, I just, and I read emotion. So, and I shouldn't tell you this because everyone's going to mess with me now. Sunday, I can feel if you've not talked to me or have talked to me, and I walk away saying, well, I think so. so it usually is, or he wasn't. Now, there's some of you, I know that I got you figured out. You're just not going to say anything. So I'm not worried about that. I, I, I got you figured out. So I'm not worried about that, but there's a lot of times I'm, I'm reading the room. I'm like, I think they're upset with me. I think they're, I don't know. You know and that's just, that's just something that I've just got to pray about. <clears throat> but text messages, it's hard to read emotions through text messages. I was telling, talking to my kids the other day, and we were, I was talking about back in our day, right? Back in our day. We started to use emojis or emoticons, actually, actually emoticons, not, those are emojis, emoticons to express emotion. And they were not very elaborate like that, were they? It was, come on, you're my age, you know, it was colon and parentheses that way for smiley face. Or it was semicolon and that way for a wink and a smile, Right? Or it was colon and capital P for sticking my tongue out at you, like, you know, silly or whatever. Uh, or you could do um, colon with the capital D, all right? Remember that one? And it was kind of like, I was like that, you know, I guess the wide open mouth. I, I don't know what that was. But um, and then you had, you could use, if you go up on the, on the keyboard, um, the dash 
underscore dash. That was like a, like a person's face. You guys have never done that. Y'all are just looking like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Did you, I mean, come on. Like, this is what we use. Yeah, thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. This is, and and I, I still use these sometimes in emails because email systems don't have the elaborate uh, emojis sometimes. And so I, I still use those. And um, the kids tell me that they still use those old school emoticons in Roblox. Uh, if you kids are playing Roblox in the chat box, they, you, still, you still use those. Uh, but now we have these advanced emojis that are very elaborate. And even beyond that, there's also things called GIFs, right? Graphic interchange format. Now, I've been ridiculed for calling it, pronouncing it GIF, but I want you to know I researched that. I want you to know that I researched that this week. And GIFs, as they're properly pronounced since 1986, have been around since 1986, okay? In fact, there was, there's been, always been an argument, but originally they were pronounced as GIF with the soft G. So you just want to go ahead and just settle that. Because for the last four years, when I reference that, I get picked on like, the pastor said GIF, ha <laughs> it's a GIF. You know, and even our, those my age that you're trying to be cool, then you pick on me as well. But I've researched that. It's a soft G, all right, I'm just, thank you, Diane. We are on the same, you, you know what's going on. Curtis is shaking his head. Um, <laughs> so we've got these, these GIFs, these graphic interchange format. It's a, it's a graphic that, it's actually a series of, it's a series of still shots that, you're, that you're, your phone or computer reads and it, and it just rapidly puts them together so they look animated. And so now we have these. And I don't mind getting a GIF, but I'll take a GIF over a K any day, because that helps us respond. I don't want to type out a whole lot of stuff, but I just want you to know how I feel. And I got a few of my favorites that I want to share with you, so let's check them out. Uh, what's the first one there, Kyle, that comes up? Oh, you know, when you're happy to see somebody, you know, you get, you get a text, hey, so-and-so is going out to eat with us tonight. What do you do? You give them the Seinfeld. Awesome. All right. There's that one. I think, oh, this is none. This is my all-time favorite. Okay, this is when... I do something for you, and you respond back, man, I really appreciate you doing that. And I'm just like, I got you. I got you. That, I mean, I, I just, I love that. I love that gift. I just, I love it. It just, it is able to elicit so much emotion that words just cannot express. I'm putting way too much into this. Next one. Oh, I love, this is Brandon's favorite. This is Pastor Brandon's favorite. So this is, you hear some news that you're like, I'm just going to take myself out of that situation. That's embarrassing just to read. I can't believe I even, they're even doing that, and I'm just going to mm, withdraw from the situation, right? Who, who uses that one, all right? All right, what's the next one? Pastor Brand's another favorite one. I get that one a lot from him. Um, that's just, you know, like, mm-hmm, I got you, right? Yep. Anybody? You can't, you can't have gifts without, or gifs, without an office, one from the office, Right? Uh, do I have, how many more I have? On my way. Oh, I love this one. If you, if you post on social media that you're cooking something really good, I'm probably going to respond with this. I'm on my way. You know, you cooking, you cooking red beans and rice, man, I'm there. You know, I'll see you in about two minutes, all right? And then is there one more? Thank you. Yes. Aaron, I think I've gotten this one from, from you before a couple times. Um, but yeah, this is, this, so this is kind of how we communicate these. This is how we express our 
emotions. You know, and, and emotions are not a, a bad thing at all. I mean, they're, they're, they're a gift from, they're, they're, they're how we're made. They're how God has created us. And, and the, but the thing is, we have to remember that as followers of Christ, we're called to make Christ even Lord over our emotions. Even those who are, un, are, are over-emotional or unemotional, we're, we're, we're called to allow Christ to come in and to, and to use these emotions for his, for his glory and for the, the glory's kingdom and to make us stronger followers of Christ. This doesn't mean that your emotions are bad. It's, 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 it's all about using how God has created us, giving that to him, allowing him to sanctify all these things, these gifts that he has given us to use them for his glory and according to his will. And so as followers of Christ, we're called to be imitators. We're called to be imitators of Christ. And so because we believe that, that Christ was fully man and fully God, we have really cool, really neat examples of, of Christ expressing emotion in the Gospels. I saw some research on, on, on various re- emotional responses by Jesus. And so you see things like when he looks over Jerusalem and he sees people rejected, we see that he elicits, he displays this emotion of being grieved. Religious leaders care more about rules than people and that, that, that causes him to be angry. 72 followers describe how God used them when he sent them out and they came back and they report back how they were used in the mission of God. We see that he was overjoyed. When his friend Lazarus dies, we see that Jesus wept. And that's very interesting. Jesus, who knows that he is the resurrection and the life, he knows that he is going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but yet Jesus being fully man, still exhibited this this strong emotion of weeping, weeping in sadness. Right before the cross, right before the cross, as he's in the garden of Gethsemane, we we see emotions of being discouraged, being lonely, and being in spiritual agony. In fact, if, 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 you, if you know the story there from the Garden of Gethsemane, you know that he prayed and he was in such agony that he, he, he bled drop, sweat drops of blood that dripped from his brow. And psychologists will tell you that that's a literal, that is a verifi- verifiable emotional response that someone can be in such emotional agony and such under such great stress that blood can begin to pour out of our sweat glands. And so today we look at Luke 7. We're going to go into Luke 7 and we're going to look at our, our first emotional response from Jesus here for our series. We were in Luke 7 about a year and a half ago. And so we're going to take a different look at it. Hear the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 7 verses 11 through 16. Soon afterward, Jesus went up to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the the buyer or the, the casket. 
they were carrying him on. And the bearers stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This is the word of the Lord. Are you thankful for it? So we have a scene here. Jesus, he's, he's, he's walking along. He's, uh, if, if you're following along, if you go back a, a chapter or two, he's, he's been teaching the Sermon on the Mount. He's been teaching on, on various subjects. Now he's begun to, to be on the move. And he comes across this, this funeral procession, and, and he sees this, this grieving mother. In fact, it would have been more than just one mother. This would have been a, a big funeral procession with a lot of mourners, people wailing. I mean, just... In fact, some of the research that, that, that I've read would say that in this time, you would actually go and hire grievers, people to help you grieve, that would help express just how sad. So there would be people there that their job was to show up and just to, just to be sad. And so this is a, a big procession that's making his way through it. And, and, and the mother catches Jesus' attention, and she doesn't even know it. We don't know what the exact age is of this mom. We don't know if she's older. We don't know if the son is, if it's an, a, an adult son or a teenage son. But we do know that, that this lady has been through a lot. Because Scripture says that it's, it's, it's this widow's only son. So we, we see a we, we, see it. we see a lady who has experienced so much tragedy already in her life. Talk about somebody who has some emotions to, to express. So we don't know a whole lot about her other than just she's buried a husband and now she's buried her son. But what we know is that Jesus saw her. Look at that. Look at those, those, those short few words there in verse 13. Jesus saw her. He saw her. He just didn't look, but he saw her. Do you believe there's a difference between looking and seeing? Husbands, shake your head, yes. There's a difference between looking and between seeing. Uh, there, uh, Casey can tell you that some of the most challenging words can come when I hear, David, can you go and find A, B, or C? I'm like, oh, it's a test. It's a test. Go in the closet and go get this. I'm like, oh, it's a test because I'm going to look, and I'm not going to see it. All right? Some of us are better noticers than others. Some of us are, are, are better about looking at things, and I, God, it is no, I don't know what it is about, just the women have this ability to find things, you know. And I'll go in the closet, and I'll say, Casey, I don't, I don't see it. She's like, well, it's got to be there because I put it there. I'm like, well, I'm just not seeing it. And she'll go and within like two seconds. It's right here. I'm like, hmm, that was the next place I was going to look. <laughs> Golly. Husbands, are you, are you feeling me on this? You know, when you hear those words, you're like, oh, don't ask me to look for anything, Please. But we all, we all notice things differently, you know. And if you go to a wedding with your, with your guys, if you go to a wedding with your wife, obviously 
you get in the car and like, oh, did you see those flowers? And did you see how they did this? Did you see the, I was like, they had really good shrimp and grits. That's what I saw, you know. You know, and half the time, these days, when we go to a wedding together, I'm the one up here actually doing the wedding. She goes, did you see all that? I'm like, no, I didn't see all that. I was just doing my thing, you know. Um, doing the, doing the, I was just doing the hitching part. I didn't notice anything else about what was going on. But Jesus, he, he just doesn't look, but he sees her. And so I'm not sure where you are in your faith, but please know that we serve a God who is watching us even when we don't realize it. We serve a God who sees us. And then look, more, look further in verse 13. It says, His heart went out to her and said, Do not cry. If, if you see the, if you have the common English Bible, if you're following along in the U version notes, uh, I, I put the CEB version there. It's, it literally says, He had compassion on her. They use this word compassion. Again, it's an emotion that we're seeing from Jesus. And when you look at this word compassion in the, in the Greek, it's this root word that is pronounced. Yeah, it's a really fun one. Don't, that's not a good one to pronounce with the corona going on and everything happening. But spalagna. And, and it literally means to feel something to the very core. It actually references that feeling you get in your gut when you've just heard some of the most gut-wrenching news. All of us have probably been through some sort of traumatic event. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one, the loss of a parent. And you know that feeling that when you heard the news, or maybe you were there with that loved one when they passed, you just, you know that, oh, that feeling, it's almost like someone just punched you in the gut. This is, this is that word spelagna. This is what that word is trying to convey. And get this, folks. So Jesus, he looks on the woman who he doesn't really know, but he looks and he sees her in such a way that he literally feels the pain that she is feeling. A woman who has not only lost her husband, but has now lost her son. And so Jesus, he, he sees the woman here. And he doesn't just see her, but he sees her in such a way that he is moved by compassion. So sometimes we ask the question, where is God when we hurt? You ever ask that question or in some form or fashion? You know, where is God during this tough situations? And, and today's text, it really helps us answer the question. I'm not sure where, you're, where you are in your faith, but I know, I love knowing that we serve a God who not only sees us, but is moved to compassion because of our hurt. And we serve a God who understands human loss. We serve a God who understands human hurt. This is a God who gave his only son to us to die on a cross for us. There, are, there is no human emotion that you have experienced that God does not understand. This is the beauty of the, of the Christian faith. Other religions serve, they, they, they worship these gods that are out in the universe somewhere that are far off. But for us, we serve a God who knows us, a God who has intricately woven us in our mother's womb, a, a God who has walked where we have walked and experienced the things that we have experienced. God who sees us. 
and a God who has compassion on us. So look, he goes on, verses 14 and 15. Then he went up and he, he touched the casket. He touched the, the buyer. They were carrying him on and the bearers stood still. The pallbearers stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus is so moved by compassion that he even crosses lines to minister to this woman. What kind of lines are you talking about? Well, this, uh, Jesus was a, was, a, was a Jewish man, and Jewish people, you didn't touch unclean things. And dead, the dead were unclean. And this wasn't just a, this wasn't a casket that would have had sides and a lid that we understand. This would have been something similar to a gurney, and just the body was laying on top. They're carrying it through the middle of town. And Jesus, he, he touches that which is unclean because he's moved so much in compassion. He's moved so much that he wants to, he wants to help and minister to this lady that he crosses lines. And, and just kind of a, real, a quick side note for us as a church, I think this teaches us that instead of, instead of drawing lines to keep people out, Instead of drawing lines to keep people out, we're called to cross lines to bring people in. That's, that's one, of the, one, of, one of the key missions of the church. There are so many lines that we could say, well, you know, that's just that's not what church folk do. That's just not what we're a part of. But if we look at the, the example of Jesus, we see a God who is, who is moved in emotion so much that that he crosses all sorts of barriers to, in order to bring people in. That's why, I personally, I like, I don't know about you, but I like to use this metaphor of, I like circles are better than lines. You know that? Circles are better than lines. Lines mean that there's some sort of hierarchy. Lines mean that there's some sort of, well, you're first and this person's last. <laughs> but circles, everybody is invited in. The Lord saw. The Lord cares. Then the Lord touched. While the crowd was gasping for air, that while they were just taken back because Jesus crossed the line, the boy, he also gasped for air as Jesus brings him back to life. Jesus doesn't give the, he just doesn't give the son back to the mom. There's more here. He gives her hope back. So as we begin to wrap it up, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers to why things happen the way they happen. We don't have all the answers when it comes to dealing with, with suffering and the, all the emotions that come with it. We live in a broken world. And as a, result of, as a result, sickness and brokenness and disappointment is a part of the world that we live in. In spite of what we have, we have to remember that we serve a God who is motivated by compassion. We serve a God who is motivated by love. We, we do indeed serve a powerful God 
And while we can't answer all the questions about how and when God chooses to use that power, we have to remember that the ultimate use of his power was when he defeated hell, sin, and the grave. That was the ultimate move of compassion. That was the ultimate move on our Savior's part was he moved towards the cross. Can have life. And so in the same way that Jesus looks upon the the widow with compassion, he looks upon us with compassion as well. When we find ourselves down a road that we didn't expect, God is indeed with us. So how do you feel these? Unsettled, anxious, depressed, hopeless, cry out to him, God cares for you. Cast all your cares upon him. Even when you can't fully express how you're feeling, just know that Jesus is present. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. We serve a God who is faithful. We serve a God that even in the toughest of times, we can proclaim, Lord, great is your faithfulness. In all seasons, in all times, Lord, thank you so much for being a faithful God. So this morning, I hope you see a God who is moved in compassion. I hope you see a God who teaches us that when we look on other people, when we see their story, when we see how they're hurting, when we see what they're going through, our call is to cross lines and to walk with them through that sadness, to walk with them through that hurt. Because it may be that you and I are the embodiment of God's faithfulness to that person's life. So as we look at at a text like this, as we as we come to the, to the close here and we look at this, I hope you see a God who sees you and also a God who calls us to exemplify that same compassion to those around us. We serve a faithful God, amen? Let's stand together. Let's sing this as a response to what we've heard, that we serve a God who is great. We serve a God who is faithful. Join us in singing. Thank you for visiting candanaz.church.